Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Wrestling Court. As we are back after the Elimination Chamber, which we will not review today. I'm your host, Julian Cannon. Uh, coming back on the show is my friend and co-host, Rob. Tell the world how you've been since last month. Jesus, man. You think I go away for a month? You try to replace me with all these other really cool guests and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let, me, let me see the list of guests. I had Don Tony. I had Kevin Castle. I had Drew Yari. Yeah, it's been a it's been a decent month. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you have to get higher class people to replace me. I get it. Uh, it's cool. No, I'm good. I had a nice month off. Needed a break from everything, you know. And um, I I'm glad we're not doing Elimination Chamber. I, I I don't watch that. You know, I never I've never I think I watched one Saudi show. I think it was the first one. So I won't watch it. So. Uh. Dude, that chamber, I'm not even going to review that show, but both of those chamber matches was under 15 minutes, man. Under. I heard, I heard the timing was really off on this show. It was, because I, I I believe everybody wanted to get out of their ASAP, which I can't blame nobody at all in that entire crew, whether it's the wrestlers or the production crew. You know, at the same time, it doesn't matter anymore. They know what they get. They signed up for it. They know what they're getting themselves into, you know? I know, but we, what we are here for today, we got a few things to talk about. One of them being one of the biggest uh, wrestling news in the last, I'll say maybe five years that broke out last week. And this one genuinely shocked me too when this broke out is that Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes left all evilly wrestling. You know, it's so funny before you get into that. I just want to say that I'm like the only person that wasn't shocked. I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a jerk because I'm a big Cody fan. You know, that. I've, I've defended Cody a lot here. Um, but I always felt that, like, you know, being that Cody came through WWE, remember, he wasn't an indie guy. We, 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 on this show, we've talked about this for over a decade. No, he wasn't. You know, he, he came was, through the um, WWE farm system. You know, he was part of WWE. WWE was his family. He didn't want to leave. He tried to change his character, and then he left, and he wanted to prove to Vince, his second dad, let's be real, that, like, I I am a draw. A lot of wrestlers do this. Drew, Drew uh, McIntyre, right? He left and said, look, I'm going to prove to you that I'm worth my salt, right? And he went in. He's in yeah, let's go, back, let's go back even uh, about a decade ago. How many of the wrestlers that left and went to TNA and did a whole brass ring bit? And how many of them succeeded outside of Drew? Um, None. I, I, we have to look up the names. But, yeah, I mean, Drew, Drew became what – no, Drew became what WWE wanted. You know what I'm saying? Cody, on the other hand – you know, at the same time, I, I, you know, I feel like there's something that's not being said. Well, since we're going to talk about the whole drama, obviously. Um, my thing is, I always assumed that Cody always wanted back. I, you know, he's the one that's a WWE guy. He's always the one wearing the suits when it comes to the ring. You know, he has the WWE ingrained in his soul, right? Yeah. And, 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 I always felt that, like, when people are like, oh, he's going back and was making such a big deal. I'm like, I always kind of felt that's what he wanted. I think if WWE would have offered him what he wanted after All In or right before that, I think he would have went back then, honestly. Um, well, I let's, <clears throat> let's get to the report because um, the news came out. The first thing that came out was that uh, it happened the week before it got reported. The two sides right. didn't come to terms on a new deal after six weeks. Now, this right. now remember back in the fall, 
Cody um, said that he was working without a contract. So yes. let's keep that in mind for now. There's a lot more to read to this into the um, the previous report too, but they could legally he could legally be on WWE anytime he wants to. Right now, the other the big issue about this that came out is um, Cody left mainly because of a money issue. Although other reports started to come out that there is yeah, a there's bunch a of backstage drama. What I'm hearing more about is that when you look at our when you shuffle through our reports. I seriously don't think it, 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 it slight money, but I think the more important thing was Cody fancied himself that he's his dad, right? He yeah, wanted so how many times have we been on the show where I made fun of that shit? Yeah, all the time. I'm just gonna do one thing. Sure, it's a little loud outside. I'm gonna close my window, so yeah, I'm sure. It's gonna say how many times was I on this show that we made fun yeah. of it? He thought that he was his dad. You know, I understand respecting your dad and like living up to him. I get that. You know, I mean, anyone you can ask Dustin how he had to live in his dad's shadow. You know, um, but I think the idea is that I think Cody fantasizes his dad as something like I love Dusty. I, I don't I don't know how many times I have to say here how much I love growing up watching Dusty. You know, he took shit and made it into gold. Right? They yeah. gave him shit. You know, and I love Dusty for it. But the, there's a term called the dusty finish. That's not a term that's taken like as an ingrained endearing thing. It's kind of like a big joke. When the dusty finish is a fucking horrible thing you want to have in your match. It's famous. It's named after him for a reason. Dusty sometimes has pearls of wisdom and sometimes he has ideas that just don't work. You know, it's a, that goes with any booker. I want to say something. I want to say it now because I think we've spoken about this very honestly. Go ahead. As much as I've been an AEW supporter from the beginning, we have to admit that the first almost half a year, the show had no direction. I've been saying that for the longest time, Robbie. You know that. Rob, did it took till today for you to realize to go back and be like, hey, I think this show under Cody and the Bucks and everyone else had zero direction. It took from well, Tony Khan to take this show back for the direction to be actually begin. And I think that really bothers Cody because I, this has to be a big part of it. Um, we, 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 we just talked about one match in, in general with Cody was the Anthony Gogo debacle, right? Well, we'll, um, we'll get to that too because we're going to talk hey, about his awful 2021 too. Right, but, but at the same time, let's just talk about just in general what he's talking about. He wanted more booking power and Truth is, you guys had that at the beginning, and Tony had to reel it in. And honestly, say what you want about Tony Khan in a lot of ways, he really did fix a lot of the issues. And you saw the difference, dude. You saw the difference. Yes, I've, saw- I've seen a difference. I see a difference between the Cody and the Bucks influence versus Tony Khan influence. This is me saying this as an unbiased opinion, but if unbiased. you look at no, you're a you- fan, but yet be honest. Yes, if you look at AEW from 19 to 20 and from 20 to 21, two completely different companies. Now, also understand that, you know, uh, of course, Cody has a hand in, in all his matches, but also do not forget, yeah, Tony Khan is a booker, but he does allow his talent to write their own promos. He gives them ideas. He's not writing scripts for nobody. That's one thing everyone at AEW talks about. They have the freedom to tell the story that Tony wants their way and that's however um something that big swell brought up back in december was that sometimes 
even though they have created freedom, there's no direction to what the freedom is. Well, you know, there's also some talents that are unpolished that need training. That should not be on TV that quick. But, you know, but, you know, no disrespect to Big Swole. And I, I don't really want to talk about Big Swole today at all. I don't want to talk about the whole situation. But no, I no, think we're not. We're not. It's safe to say that if you listen back to this podcast and when Big Swole recently talked about the, the, the dentist match, me and Julian shitted on that match, said the only redeeming part of that match was Britt Baker. So understand that Brick Swole, you know, you want to get involved. It's true. But maybe you have to look at yourself. I would no disrespect to Leo Rush or to certain talents. I don't trust. I would never let Ricochet write a storyline for a match. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Not Hell no. And um, th- think of it from um, the, the big guy's perspective. What do you think would happen if Ricochet would go to the ages like Michael Hayes or Johnny A saying, hey, I got an idea for this storyline. What do you think would happen? They'll tear that well, shit up. They would, but at the same time, is I, I think it's a good to listen to what he wants to talk about, but don't let him like direct the whole storyline. He no. knows his spots. He knows how to wrestle his style. Now you take the agent and the and the guys. You work together to make it fit into a cohesive story. That's why a big guy versus little guy story works great. When Miro fought Darby, that was a great. That was great. Booked well. The storyline they told their stories their way. But some people aren't as talented as that, and that's the problem. Big Swole. One last thing, and I won't talk about it again. Her last feud was on dark and she was building up a storyline with Diamante. Big Swole didn't even try with the storyline. Diamante was trying. Diamante was working with the storyline and it was telling a story that was going to lead to a, to a match. And then it didn't go through. Whatever happens, happens, whatever. But the point is, at the end of the day, I do trust Cody to tell a story, but man, like you've, you're the one who I've defended him so much, but you're, you said it 100% of the time. Cody always has to do that three storyline. He gets the beaten, he gets beat again, then he yep. wins. And the problem is, it's cool to get your win back, but at what cost? Now he never did that with Darby. He didn't do it with a lot of certain towns. He never did it with Darby. He didn't do it. Darby with- and Brody Lee are the best examples, but everyone else, meh. Right, right. It just it didn't work as well as you wanted to. But that's the problem with Cody. Cody has that uh that WWE mindset, and I think that doesn't work for a different company. Like, even Christian, when Christian's doing stuff and telling stories, Christian, first out, he came from the Indies, of course. He was before WWE, but, you know, he got his, his real time to shine. He learned through WWE. He brought that style and his way of doing stuff to TNA. And honestly, during his run to TNA, he was one of the best things on TNA, let's yes. be honest. And, and Christian came back, and they shitted on it. But at the end of the day, here's Christian in AEW, and they said, hey, look, we want you to run for a championship title. We're going to give you the TNA title. Christian made it work and made you believe it. It wasn't like they were just handing him the title because he's a legend. He worked for it. He worked. He told stories. He, you know, he, there's a good balance. But I think at the end of the day, you, you have to step back from yourself. Cody needed to go away for a while, honestly. We've been saying this for a couple months. Cody needed to go away. He doesn't want to be a heel. Cool. He's got all these charities. Cool. Then don't wrestle. Right. Yes, even so, when he did went away, came back, it felt like he never was even gone, and that was, was not good. What was it? A month at best. A month. He came yeah. back with the dark hair. Then next thing you know, what was it? A week later, he dyed it back to blonde. 
because he was filming something or some shit? Wasn't that what it was? I, was I don't know. Was he doing something with uh, Steve Amell? Maybe was he supposed to be on something? He had the dark hair for that or some shit. I can't remember. I remember he had had the dark hair because they were filming something. And then when they finished filming it, he went right back to the bleach blonde because the dusty hair. I get it. I get it. You love your dad. Jesus Christmas. But it goes back to the conversation. Um, Tony Khan probably now realized not only they have more booking power, but he probably hired real executives to also be the ones to oversee all this shit. Well, the idea is all this talent that you're willing to help the young talent the right way by let's look at storylines that have been happening in you know, I don't care about ratings, but uh, they do. Everyone, the network's going to care about ratings. You see CM Punk, MJF steal on the show. Matter of fact, MJF and Jer- Jericho stole their show when they had the feud. You know, who do you trust then? You trust MJF, right? He goes into a feud. He's a fucking bona fide star. Darby does stuff. He's selling shirts. He's doing this. No disrespect. Cody shirts don't fucking sell. Nowhere near. He's not even in the top 10 or 12. Right, so even in merch, he's not that hot, right? He has like six fucking action figures that are fucking wet peg warmers because they don't want six different Cody's. You know what I'm saying? You're not fucking Spider-Man, bro. You know, but the Chris Jericho's didn't stay on the shelf. The Beyond Bucks toys didn't stay on the shelf. They fucking sold out. Moxie's toys sold out, you know? Uh, Cody's, every place I went, there was no other figure on the shelf. And there's no disrespect. I love Cody, but his figure was always on the shelf. No disrespect, you know who's other figures always on the shelf you can always find? Nyla Rose, which is, I feel bad, but it's the truth. Um, and I fucking love Nyla Rose. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, you see who's over. You see, they bring in young talent. That you have main events where you see, you got Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen stealing the show, main event. You see young talents and, and, and bona fide stars stealing the main event. Cody comes in, and the people were just done with it. He yeah. could have done the Thing become a heel, dude. Then, then, fucking, then, then remember the back in, <laughs> then remember back in 2021. Look, look at his year. He had that awful segment with Anthony Gogo with the scale. You know he had an awful feud with Anthony Gogo where he's apparently trying to save racism, according to fans. Then he had a feud with Alice. Sorry, Alistair Black, Malachi Black. Then well, after actually, that, here's the thing. Let's stop there. Let's just let's talk about Anthony Gogo part right now, real quick. Here's what's fucked up. It's not Cody's fault. Unfortunately, Anthony Gogo picked up an injury. So he couldn't, like, he was off TV for like a year, Anthony Gogo. So after that feud was over, he had to go have surgery. So he was out. So and plus, Anthony wasn't even ready for TV yet. It makes me question even last year why even have this feud when he wasn't ready for TV or pay per view. Still not ready. Because, you know, I watched Dark, I watched Dark uh, uh, Elevation. I, can't, I fast forward his segments. He's not good on the mic. He's not good in the ring. There's nothing about him that's. I get that he's a. Was he the? He was a boxer or some shit. I don't know what the fuck he was. He was apparently like a boxer. Yeah, he's a boxer. Was it Golden Gloves UFC? Uh, it's Golden Gloves. Oh, Golden Gloves boxer. Okay, so yeah, he's an Olympic boxer. Boxer. Olympic boxer. Great, that's cool. I love that. It means nothing in fucking professional wrestling. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like Tank Abbott, MMA fighter. <laughs> Well, that, that could kind of work. You know, Ken Shamrock worked. You know, Steve Blackman worked. Boxes don't really translate fantastically in wrestling. You know what I'm saying? It just, it's just, Mr. T was the only thing, but Mr. T wasn't even a real boxer. He was a, he was a movie star boxer. He was a bouncer, but he was a character, you know? Anthony Gogo has no charisma. He has no charisma, and he, he talks 
just fine, but everything he says, you don't want to listen to. Right. And watching him since he's come back, I am not impressed. You know who impresses me more? Uh, everybody else in the Nightmare Factory. Everyone else of those guys are a thousand times better. Than Speaking Anthony. of which, Cody also had a feud with QT Marshall that went nowhere. Because guess what happened after the feud with QT Marshall? Uh, we had to bring Big Show in to beat him in two minutes, and Big Show was never seen in the ring ever again. So uh, what did that do? What did that do for QT Marshall? Well, QT Marshall's spot is not there to be a uh, anything other than a, mostly a trainer and you know a, a, a trainer and a coach. And occasional, you take a fall. That, he yeah, I'm talking about on screen though. QT's character on 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 TV is to lose, and right now I think it's the perfect QT's in a perfect spot feuding with Hook because that's a good first step for Hook as a guy who's done stuff. Is QT Marshall is very decent on the microphone. He's a coach. He knows what he's doing. He's trained these kids, and Hook is over and using him sparingly, which is fantastic, you know, and. He's building up. So QT, it's a slow buildup, and I fucking think it's perfectly fine. That's why you have a guy like QT. QT's there mostly to come in, you take a loss. He's kind of like Barry Horowitz in a way, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the boy. best way to put You know, maybe a little bit Barry Horowitz, but you know what I'm saying? Like QT comes out, he pisses off the crowd, you beat him up. You need guys like that. So the other word going around is um, Cody wanted um, as much or more pay than um, all the guys that was coming in. Now, I'm going to say this because um, executive vice presidents I've known in other types of um, jobs, they get paid more than a lot of the talent. Do I think Cody should have been paid more than um, Punk? Maybe equal or a little more, but not to the point where it's a large margin gap because you got the guys coming in and they're the ones bringing in all the money. Let's stop right there with what you're saying. Right? Let's just talk about that. Sure. The balls on him, and I when he cut that promo saying that he did what Punk talked about, whatever, great promo. <laughs> cool. that, we could we could bring up the the list of promos he talked about over the last year. The next, you know, Cody, oh, back Cody, to WWE. Very simple. Cody can can talk a good game. He, he's great. He's good. He's not bad on the mic. I will never. We've never said he can't talk. But when he said that, and I sat there going, "Why would you even say that?" It said it sounds cool for the crowd. You're not going to win them over. Yeah, that's a that's a that's the thing with Cody. He caters to the smart crowd. Ever since when he got released, do you remember that whole list he wrote? He was catering to the smart crowd. He said these things because he wants them to cheer him. He wants them to. Sh- he was. I don't think he even wanted them. To- Here's what now with all the shit that's happening. Let's be real. He already was in talks. If if he goes to WWE, he shows up. Whatever. More than likely, he was in talks with WWE already. Uh, at the end of the day, he said down the promo, that wasn't for the fans. No, it wasn't. That was for Vince or whoever Vince's ears are, because Vince doesn't watch the product. Let's be real. Nick Khan. Yeah, Nick Khan. That's who it was for. He was saying, look what I did. And you can look. I check off all the boxes. And so they're going, you're, telling, you're trying to tell two cons, letting Tony Khan know, see what I've done. I did all this, not CM Punk. Listen, dude. Do you understand, just because you're there, the minute CM Punk came in, the world was happy again. Like, let's be real. We all, everybody in the mother wanted to see Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll admit it too. Um, he was a great surprise and a great addition to AEW. Even though and I'm still kind was. of iffy about his run right now, I'm not going to deny the fact that his debut at AEW really changed the game. You know, at the end I'm of the day, I'm not going to deny that. 
Punk's coming back to this company and working with talent. People could say, oh, he's doing it selfish. I don't care why he's doing it. At least he's working with the talent and telling great stories. He's working one guy at a time, working his way through. You know what I'm saying? Perfect. We the, the minute CM Punk debuted, all we wanted was him to fight MJF. Let's be real. That's what we wanted from the beginning. But you can't give that match right away. You got to save that, you know? And they waited till now. And all these ways through, all this stuff, Punk has been giving to those matches. He wasn't just annihilating people. He could have, right? He could have said, yo, I've been gone for seven years. I want top booking. I don't want to lose shit. He, he, he could have pulled the Hogan. But he didn't, right? He didn't. He didn't no, he didn't. Anything. He came in and did it the right way. He's not going after no titles. He's not going after any title. It's just story after story with each talent he wants to work with. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. It just made me think when you just said titles. Going back to what I said earlier about Ricochet, imagine this Monday on Raw, he goes to one of the agents and say, hey, I want to I want to mess with a title shot and I want to win. That guy, guys, I got great storyline. Okay. We'll be like, get I the fuck out of here. I come in, I do my crazy shit, and I beat, uh, who's the champion right now? Roman Reigns. And they're like, uh-huh. Why aren't you in catering? Like, <laughs> and I love Ricochet. I was just watching some highlights of Ricochet when he was in, was it Lucha Underground, right? He was in Lucha Underground, right? Yeah, he was in Lucha, Lucha Underground. Like, Prince uh, Puma. Prince Puma. I was watching some of his spot. I'm like, man, the guy is a perfect uh, highlight reel. And that's great. And do I feel like he could do more? Sure. There's lots of talent that could do more. But let's get back to what Cody and yes, um, yeah, what no, Cody said about the um e- the word. Well, he didn't say it, but the word is about yeah. equal pay since he was a EVP. Well, well, I still think this is very shocking because he was one of the founders of this company, and for a freaking startup, for him to leave it within two three years, that's a bit shocking. I know you are not shocked, Rob, but I think this is really really shocking. And it also tells the tell that. Hey, not everything is cake and ice cream in AEW. No, but that's no point to it. It's a company. We've said this in the beginning. People are going, we have said this in the pandemic. People are eventually going to have to leave. Yeah. When I see Cody leaving, all I see is Cody wanting Cody stuff. Okay. And then when you see guys like Brian Danielson coming in, having fantastic stuff, you see all these young talents coming. You see Malachi Black comes in. Malachi Black comes in. He stole the show from Cody. People didn't care about Cody one iota the Malachi Black did. They wanted him to annihilate him, right? Yes. And, and that's what they wanted. Cody wanted his win back. He wanted the fans to love him. That's a problem. Do you know what that reminds me of? And I know it's another one of a lot of people's favorite wrestlers. This is the Bret Hart syndrome. Bret was a hero. Then Vince like, we're going to turn you a bad guy. You're going to feud with Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is going to be the face. Bret wanted nothing to do with that. Brett wanted to stay in the face. You saw in his documentary, he hated it. He never wanted to turn. He never wanted to turn. But, but even when he did turn, he did it freaking expertly great. Yeah, but that's the difference. If he would have just done, like, I remember watching in the 90s, and like, Brett was like talking all the shit, and you know, I'm the hero. You, you're the one of the girls in the girly magazine doing this. And, and I was yeah. going, dude, you started off in the Heart Foundation. You guys were bad guys, and you were awesome. Jimmy Evanheit can never be a face. He had that nasty laugh. He was, you guys were heels. Go back, steal the show as a heel, and then you could be a face again. But Brett was so obsessed with being the baby face because he, even though he did the heel stuff, he did it because it was his job. He didn't, he didn't commit. You know what I'm saying? He did it well. 
well enough to get the job done, to get the booze. But once again, the Canada versus America bullshit, right? This is the 90s. But at the same time, Brett couldn't let things go. And I feel that this is what's going on with Cody. When you see Brian Danielson coming out, having 30 fucking 60-minute matches, Count coming out, all these guys, you know, you have all these guys. You got guys who just got injured or coming, going to be coming back. Miro's coming back because he, he got an injury. He's coming back. You got all these talented people who are here, right? Put on shows that people love. And Cody, Cody set wants, aside. Cody wants that. Dude, if you're an MVP and you care about the company, use your assets, use your strengths. Yes. And that's, <clears throat> that's what I'm about to bring up next. Um, since he, the word is that he's going back to WWE, think of how much um, stuff Cody could tell Vince or all the other um, EVPs or people with titles like that. Think of the knowledge he could tell about AEW to Vince and everybody else since he was an EVP there. I think yeah. WWE would probably see him more viable now than he was before he left. See, I, I would love to think they would, would listen to it. But I think they'd be so far, pair, far beyond caring. Like, Vince has taken him just to say, I took your EVP. That's the news. It will last exactly two months. And Vince won't care no more. Because you know why? With the Saudi Arabian deal and the, and, the, and the Peacock deal and every other deal from Fox, they've made a billion dollars. They cut off lots of wrestlers. They've made a billion dollars. Do you think Vince is really going to listen to what Cody has to say? Oh wow! That's Remember, not Vince. Um, all the other um people with those titles, <laughs> Nick Khan. It's Nick Khan. Nick Khan won't care either because Nick Khan also says, "Hey, look, who cares? They've only made a couple million dollars." Uh, AEW. They didn't make what we made last year under me, Nick Khan. I made us because that's who made it for him. It was Nick Khan who helped that budget get yes. to that one. Yeah, you have you been listened to a lot of his interviews? Oh yeah, I've seen all his interviews. Yeah, yeah, he's, he, yeah, despite how we feel about him, this guy sounds very in, intelligent, intellectual. He, he is, he's a business guy. Yes. Business, don't lose money. Business, he did not care about these contracts. He did not care about the wrestlers. He did not care about nothing. To them, it's a bottom line. He even said, look, we're not in the business to sell, but if someone offers me something, we're going to listen. Vince would never have said that. No, he would not. And and even during the last call when they announced um, WWE Network would launch and uh, Disney on Disney Plus in some markets, that's a good. Uh, Indonesia, yeah. like, right? We set up. Isn't it like Indonesia? It's like it's one market. It's in like Indonesia. Yes, Indonesia. Sorry, it's one market in Indonesia. That's quite telling of what they're going to do with this. They're going to continue shopping the network off in different markets. That's what. That's exactly the plan. Here's the thing. If there is Nikon is in the business to go, I'm Nikon comes from a place where he stays and goes, he makes a lot of money, he leaves it because I, I can tell you personally firsthand, I have a friend, he's no longer a friend of mine. It's not that he's not my friend, he moved, so we're not you know close. His yeah, name is yeah. Al, he he a very intelligent businessman. Let me tell you, like this guy's a highly intelligent businessman. He would get all these small startup companies, he would help them make 60 80 million dollars in a year. He would take a position as his, like a CFO, a, a back seat, right? So he gets shares. He starts another upstart and another upstart. So now he has about 10 companies under his belt 
he gets profit from without even having to work for the memo because he helped build them because he's that smart of a guy. He knows what he's doing. He always flies first cast. He always does this. He always does that. You know what I'm saying? And he yeah. goes, he, so he just, just finalized another, he just started another company in the middle of a pandemic, right? He just sold off his thing and got paid out. And he has the other six or seven companies that pay him shareholder pays because, you know, that's what he needs because he got paid as a, he worked for them, he got a pay. And then he got them to a level, he took the shareholders. He got them to a stability level. Then he leaves, starts another company. So that's a Nikon. That's what he does. He doesn't want to stay for WWE for the long haul. He's going to stay for a few years. Yeah, he's going to stay. Yeah, I say he's going to stay for at least three to four years. Until, until he gets what he needs to get out of it to go. And if that end goal is him selling that corporation, he don't care. He don't care about Triple H. He don't care about Stephanie. He don't care about Shane. And no disrespect, he don't care about Vince. He cares about the bottom line. He has the backing, the proof, what he's worth in the business end. Not the wrestling end, not the story end, not the stuff that the fans care about. The bottom line. Because he's making, he's giving them guaranteed money through the uh, the Saudi Arabian shows, the Fox deals, the Peacock deals. It has nothing to do with the content or quality. The content quality doesn't get better or worse. It's stayed the course for the last fifteen years or twelve years. I'll have long we've been complaining about WWE, and and the product never got better. He just made the money work smarter. That's all he's done. But that's what businessmen do. So there's nothing Cody could bring to the table to Nikon about AEW that will make them listen enough to care. They'll probably say, yeah, that's very interesting. But in Nick Khan's mind, I already know what to do for this business because I'm the one who already brought it to a billion dollars, right? That's right. the story. Cody, I think Cody, at the end of the day, wants to be important. It's no, I get it, dude. When you're a wrestler, you want to be important, no matter who you are. I don't care if you're James Ellsworth. What was that fucking idiot with the no net? James Ellsworth. <laughs> James Ellsworth. I don't care if you're that guy, Santino Morella, CM Punk, or The Rock. You want to be important. Your name, your character is your business, right? You are your business. You are your brand, right? Right. At the end of the day, Cody Rhodes is a brand. It's his legacy. He literally has fucking his father's American dream tattooed on his chest. He put his branding of his fucking nightmare factory on his fucking neck. You know what I'm saying? And back Dude, I, I hope when he goes back to WWE, one of them in the back tells him, hey, you got to get rid of that tattoo. <laughs> you know what? He's going to run back. He thinks he's going to get a run. That's not going to last long. He, it, the fact that he would think they would care after a certain amount of time about him, he's wrong. Now, you notice I said um, the WWE Corp would see him as a viable asset. Now, WWE on TV? Oh. (laughs) Dude, once he comes back, Vince is going to be like, oh, you thought you were hot shit over there? You'll come back over here. We're going to show you how much hot shit you were, just like EC3 on the rest. More about them in a bit. Yeah. But at the same... Yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. But at the end of the day, Cody's thing is that, you know what? He... I just think he's, you know, Cody's always, I've said this, it's, it's it's to a fault. Cody's always said, I'm going to prove you wrong. We've said, I've said this before. When Cody was in the independence, they said, you're never going to make the money you make in WWE. Cody became the highest paid independent wrestler, right? 
hundred percent. Cody for a bit. Well, not for well, yeah, definitely for a bit. But definitely, he was a name. He was he was that guy that no one expected, and that's a big deal. But here we are. He's a little older. He got a lot too big for his britches. His booking style doesn't work for everybody. You can't Cody Rhodes book a match between CM Punk and MJF. No one will fucking want to see that match. That's no disrespect. Cody can book Cody matches. Cody is not booking. We've seen his other booking. Of, dude, of course he could book Cody matches. Have you seen all of his pay-per-view matches I complained about? It's the same yeah. shit that happens every single time. Even when he loses, he comes back and gets his win. And I understand the, that, that to me is a 50-50. I understand match. the philosophy, but when you look at his matches, the same shit happens. Get beat up, get beat up, do a move to pop the crowd, do a move to pop the crowd, brandy interference, blood, get beat up again. Finish celebration like you won a, a world heavyweight title match. Can I say something? As much as I love Cody, he went out of his way to do things just to make the crowd come back to him. He was so obsessed with having the crowd love him that he the, set himself the smart on crowd, fire. Rob. The smart crowd. He set himself on fire, right? Even right. though he put gel on him to protect himself, he still set himself on fire and has scars, dude. At the end of the day, you didn't. It didn't. You didn't. Dude, I said it last fall. Didn't do anything because one, the fall looked stupid, and two, the crowd did not give a shit when it happened. At the end of the day, it's because, like, you know what? Because it, they knew who was going through. Because you saw the gel on his back. <laughs> it was like we when first saw it. Like, what the fuck is that? Did someone throw something on him. I mean, we talked about it, like we talked about it. Like, no. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, when we saw the table on fire, I'm like, all right, cool. My, oh my god like you talk about brandy brandy's problem was that brandy wants to wrestle but brandy wants to win problem with brandy winning is brandy's not that good no brandy, she's not brandy's and, I, and I thought we established that way back in 2019 he's a wrestler but when she's doing spears to guys and they have to sell it and dude you're not if jade cargill speared a dude that dude would sell the fuck out of it if fucking like Layla Hirsch did it, Layla's a beast. She could fucking suplex a dude. Cool. I've seen her do matches. Dude, the the last the last image of Brandy Rhodes in AEW was that awful promo she had with um what's his name Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert even said in that promo. Oh, horrible man! Horrible, horrible. Yo, his the greatest part about the promo is they're cheering me and I'm trying to make you look better. And I'm like, oh my lord, she's done. <laughs> This is not going to work. This is over. And I and it was so funny. After they cut that promo, and she's supposed to fight, uh, I forget the girl's name. Um, shit. Uh, the girl from the top team. I forget her name. She looks like Elizabeth Banks. Um, she, literally the week later, all these speculations was they leaving the company. I'm like, oh, go figure. They leave the company right after Cody gets shitted on in the ring. After he has a great match. Let me tell you, him and Sammy Guevara had a great match. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that was a good, that was a very good ladder match. Cody, Cody gave to Sammy. Of course, he gave Sammy. This is one of his projects. But Brandy comes out, cannot win the crowd, and all of a sudden they're gone. Don't you find that so conspicuous, dude? Your your wife is not winning the crowd over. She's if you ever watch that reality show they had, she said in the show, "No one's going to cheer me." She told QT Marshall, "No one's going to cheer me." I told Cody, "No one's going to cheer me." Well, thanks, I'm, thanks, Brandy, for telling us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm better as a heel. People will want to boo me. Cody wants them to cheer for me, but I know they will not. And the truth is, if she knows that, 
she knows better than her husband does. Yep. And that's and his problem. He's delusional. Speaking of um, <clears throat> EVPs, uh, Kennedy Omega also did an interview last weekend. Yeah. The most interesting expert from it is the way he talked about Cody's obsession with going against WWE. And here's the quote. The Bucks and I were in this wharf, so all the guys against WWE doing their thing. We wish them all the best. Now, <clears throat> Kenny Omega may say that, but how many times in promos and on their YouTube video skits where they took shots at WWE? How oh, many yeah. times? This difference when they're doing when you're doing shtick, it's shtick. But when Cody's breaking, like you said, the you fucking broke, chair, like uh, the gold never, shovel, like you know, they he he never did that stuff like Kenny Omega, Young Bucks. They always did little pop shots, you know, like the stuff that's oh, I get it, it's funny. But Cody was obsessed with that you know yes i know the first the first night end cody just broke the triple h's chair and then one of his last appearances what did he do he got under the ring and got a pole and he freaking got the shovel yeah like we don't like we're not supposed to know what that's supposed to mean because now you just now you're using that shovel to dig yourself into like uh wwe but ken omega said like yo we have different philosophies what we wanted from the company you know we all came in and we figured our different philosophies would work good together where Cody was like, because me and the Bucks were a little more similar. Cody was, like you said, wanting to do a thing against WWE. The truth is, the smartest thing to do is not to do that. You know, it's fine to reference them. Here's the thing about AEW fans compared to a WWE casual fan is AEW fans know where these guys come from before. We know where Ruby Soho comes from. We know where all these other talents come from, right? So when it works in a storyline, like let's say when CM Punk references his pipe bomb or if he references, look, here you are when you were a little kid in MJF, you know, it was just a Tuesday, it was a Friday for me. And, you know, it's fine. It's fine when it's to build a storyline proper where you're using the, like, like, you know, WWCW, right? When they were having Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior, let's say. It is fine to reference their history, because the, w, the, the WCW fans are going to say, we know their history. We've seen it, you know? Yeah. And that's fine. It's fine to re- reference that. But then you have to take that reference and make it matter here in WCW, which unfortunately did not happen with Ultimate Warrior, but that doesn't matter. But you get my point. Like, if you're going to reference something, make it go, okay, that happened there. And the only time that Cody has ever done this 100% right in my eyes was when he did his match against Dustin. Because we said that we wanted it in WWF, right? And it didn't happen. They got a shitty five-minute non-WrestleMania match, right? Right. They got to finally have that fantastic match against each other. I mean, they killed each other, right? 40-minute match or whatever it was. Fantastic match. That worked because we wanted to see that, right? We've always wanted to give the fans what they wanted from something they knew about is perfectly fine. But, you know, like you said, the shovel, what what did that have to do with the storyline he was telling? Nothing. That- he wanted to, uh, again, he wanted to cater to the smart crowd to be like, oh, did you see what Cody did on that match? And you know what everyone was really saying? Oh, did you stay awake through Cody's match? <laughs> and, I, and I'm AEW diehard. I'm going to get off this podcast before 8 o'clock to watch Dynamite. I am that fan. Um, but, you know, I felt that Cody just was so obsessed with, I think, just winning the crowd back that when he couldn't, and, like, he's trying to, like, he's trying to get more money, right? 
and the crowd is not giving him what he wants to use his leverage. Because the truth is, when you go to your boss in wrestling, how do you expect to get more money if the crowd doesn't care about you, right? Because the boss is going to say, those boos are not going to get tickets for you. Those right. boos are not going to sell your action figures, your T-shirts, uh, posters, you know, signing, you know? And when Cody tried and tried and tried for, for, for what, two, three months, people were just booing the shit at him. And he should have turned. He should have done. He kind of teased it for a half a second, but he refused to. And matter of fact, when they went off air and they were doing something, there was a, a fan cam and Cody got booed. And Cody's like, guys, we're off the air. You can stop booing. And the fans even booed louder. <laughs> but he was, he was legit about it. Like, all right, guys, we're not filming. You can stop booing me. Like, no, motherfucker, we're done with you. Like, the fans legitly just told you they're done with you. Hook came out. And the crowd lost their shit for Hook. Like, Cody, look at that. Cody, Cook hasn't said one word on the microphone. Not right? yet. <clears throat> hasn't even had to cut a promo. His actions spoke louder and the crowd fell in love because they built him the right way. Cody, you're begging the crowd. Cook doesn't give a fuck. And he's over. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, this young, talented young man is over. So over with the crowd without even speaking once on the mic. Cody, Sometimes less is more. That's what I've been saying for the last three years about Cody. He, I don't mind certain matches. He's had some really... I thought him and Darby had a great match. I said him and Dustin had a great match. Sammy Guevara's... If Cody's last match in AEW is that match ever, that's a nice match to go out on, right? It's a beautiful match. Sammy looked like 100 bucks, uh, and Cody looked like about 50 cents, but looked good doing it. You know, sometimes a tough steak is still a tasty steak. But at the end of the day, it's like he's his obsession. What's going to happen when you go to WWE? Are you going to be allowed to tell these stories? Are you going to now spill the dirt on another company? What does it matter? You know what? At the end of the day, he's going to end up looking more bitter than anything else. Because he didn't leave because Tony Khan said, well, you're never grabbing for the brass ring, you know, son. No. He asked to be the highest paid, supposedly. We can't say. We don't know for fact. Supposedly, he was asked. He wanted to be the highest paid wrestler in the company. First out, no. If you've got two TV shows, Cody has two mother... He has the Go Big Show, right? He has Roads to the Top. He has two other shows, plus being an EVP and being a participating wrestler. You don't make enough money doing that? That's why I don't believe it's the money. I think he just threw that because he knew Tony Khan would say no. You know what I'm saying? He wanted a reason to leave. So saying, oh, I want to be the highest paid wrestler. I want more than Punk. At the end of the day, it's like you have two TV shows. You're walking away from two TV shows? Really? Because TBS is not going to want to have you back if you go to WWE. No, and they filmed um, season two, but now they can't use it unless WWE acquires it. Which is not going to happen because TNT and TBS are not working with that would, would tone, tone, you know, Vince work, has a deal with USA. And yeah, he has a deal with Universal and USA. Which is not going to happen. Turner Broadcast is not going to do that. They've sunk a lot of money into what they've gotten. And, you know, so he walked away from that. Then you know, it's no, it's not the money. It's the booking power. He didn't like the idea that, you know, Tony Khan says he's the booker. Well, let me tell you, we know he is because it got better. We saw when you had that choice to do what you had to do. It's at the end, 
it's not going to ever be 100% perfect. Nothing is. But it's more cohesive. You know, mm-hmm. Cody, you've come out and you've flip-flopped and you've you set yourself on fire. You've you've done all this. You shit. got the damn tattoo on your neck. Everyone keeps joking about that. But I don't care, dude. dude that's going that's going to be the joke of the fucking century by the time we all die. Yeah, you know, it's just like at the end of the day, like there was a big joke. Someone said, like, Cody said that he was trying to grow a goatee, and Brandy told him to shave it because it looks stupid. And then someone said, I forgot who said it. Goes, but you think she would have told you not to get the neck tattoo? I'm just saying. She stopped you from shaving. She stopped you from growing a goatee. I wish she would have stopped you from having a tattoo in the neck. But, dude, it's your body. You do what you want. You want to have a giant neck tattoo? Go have it, bro. I don't care. Hey, hey, Cody also saved racism, man. Yeah, he ended racism, right? <laughs> he fucking saved it, man. Not Abraham Lincoln, not MLK, Cody Rhodes. Well, I'm just glad he able he, he took the reins on that because I was really worried for a while that, you know, no one was going to control racism, but thank God Cody did. <laughs> Jokes aside, I do not hate Cody. Oh, God. I don't hate Cody. It's just a lot of the shit he says, man, for the last three years just makes me think how suspect he is. Well, you know what? I, I just think, you know, uh, a lot of wrestlers end up drinking their own Kool-Aid, right? And when you drink your own Kool-Aid, eventually you're going to get, you know, it's good. It's going to get to a point when you're like, you don't even realize when you're doing something wrong. Exactly. And you have to be objective to yourself. And I know something's up more when, like, Dustin Murray tweeted, hey, I'm still here. I don't want to leave. I'm very happy. So at the end of the day, it's like... I'm, what- dude, the, dude, my first reaction when I saw that was, okay, but who asked you? Well, it, I know there were people tweeting <laughs> to him about that. because Wait, the, were they? Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of people asking Dustin, what about Cody? Well, because they're brothers, right? They're gonna if you can't get an answer directly from Cody, so they went to Dustin. So Dustin's response was, "I'm happy here." It's like <laughs> I'm not, listening. and that's what that meant. It was like telling, like that's in the way it came off. It seemed very much like, "Wow, maybe Cody's getting a little too much for himself." I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. <clears throat> uh, but at the end of the day, you know. Uh, whatever he does, if he goes, if he really does go to WWE, okay, good for him. He shows up at WrestleMania or whatever the next pay per view is. Is there another pay per view? Are they have uh, WrestleMania is the next one. Oh, so it's just WrestleMania next. There's nothing in between. Okay. Um, if he shows up at WrestleMania for some reason, okay, good for him. I mean, he could be on the same car with Logan Paul and Johnny Knoxville and. Uh, not the rock and <laughs> don't go to Boston. Apparently, Dude, imagine, imagine if they did put him up against the rock just for him to eat a rock bottom and get pinned in four seconds. That's what he wants, you know. That's what he strives for. Oh, god, real quick, let's go through these uh Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards of 2021. Uh, did you read any of this yet? Uh, I saw the I think I saw it, yes. Did you read them? I, I, I think I did. As you talk about I, I remember seeing them. It was a couple. When did it come out? Like uh, It came out last Wednesday. Yeah, I, I, I saw somewhere online about it. I don't remember exactly. But yeah, go on. 
yeah, uh, we're going to just breeze through these real quick. Um, let's talk about things, <clears throat> these awards, whether if you agree with them or not. So the first one, uh, Wrestler of the Year, as we see right here, Kenny Omega takes the top spot with Roman Reigns in second and Shigno Taki in third. And we have a lot of them that's on between fourth and tenth. Any you yeah. agree or disagree with? Well, everyone's had a de- Those guys all had a decent year. I mean, it's all on the fans voting anyway, right? So Yeah, it's the fans voting. Fans voting, hey, cool. Kenny had a very solid year. I mean, he held out and did the right job. He did the job for Hangman Page at the end. And yeah, that was a good run. Absolutely. I would argue that I think Roman had a better year than Kenny because up until Finn Balor, I thought all of Roman Reigns' matches last year was pretty damn good. Um, my and he's been the- quite consistent with promos and everything else. Well, my thing at the end of the day with Roman is that... uh. The Roman experiment it took six, seven years to finally work. It had to work. It, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would have been shocked if this wasn't last year or during the pandemic, right after when the pandemic started, because Roman didn't come back until like the end of 2020 when all that. But he was, they spent seven years on this Roman experiment and finally it, it clicked. Well, yeah, it clicked because you turned him heel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, yeah. He's not a likable person. You have to make him a heel. Uh, yeah, give him Paul Heyman. How can you fail with Paul Heyman as your advisor, helping guide these storylines and telling the right way, doing the feud with your, the bloodline and all? Of course, it's going to work. You yeah, know? most outstanding wrestler. Uh, Shingo Taki took the first spot. Brian Danielson second. Omega third. Will Ospreay fourth. And we have a lot more from fifth to tenth. And do you agree or disagree like the- with? Well, no disrespect about Will Ospreay and everything. Um, I haven't seen him, I guess, because I, I do watch New Japan when I can get to watch it, but I haven't seen, wasn't he, like, mostly injured or some shit? Like, like how did he? Uh, I think you're talking about 2020. Um, 2021, oh. he, he went straight to the heavyweight class. And I've, I haven't watched a lot of his matches, but I have read the reports that he's had a lot of outstanding matches last year. I have to, you know, I can't. Even though he's not my cup of tea, but I'm just going by what was reported. I'm going to probably have to catch up on, like, I, I haven't seen a lot of his. I, I see a lot of because I follow New Japan and everything on, on YouTube and everything. Just didn't catch any of his stuff. I saw, like, a lot of, like, you know, stuff that Okada happened because Okada got injured, right? He just got back to, and, uh, well, the, the evil and all. I, I've seen all those guys. Like, I didn't really see much with Osprey. Maybe I just wasn't looking properly, you know? I think the last time I saw Osprey have a match is that um, they did a charity event during COVID in England. Uh, Russell Talk helped sponsor a lot of independent wrestlers to get paid. Uh, yeah, I remember work. that. That's the last time I saw Will Ospreay have a match. It was him and, and B Priestley, which is his girl, right? They had a match. They did like an inter uh, guy girl guy girl match. I forgot who they fought, but they had. That's the last time I saw him wrestle. That was twenty twenty. So, I guess it's right before he was injured. I guess. Um, so yeah, that, that was the last time I saw him. So I, you know, I can't say yes or no. I'm assuming he's. I seen him do some great stuff. So. All right, fine. <laughs> Tag team of the year. Young Bucks first, Penta Ray Phoenix second, FTR, Zack Sabre, Junior Tachi, and the list goes on. Young Bucks getting tag team of the year. I kind of disagree with. Uh, I wish well, they would not, swap those around. <laughs> no, I, I am not a fan. <laughs> you're not you're not a Buck fan, but they do give the role when they have matches. Whatever it is, they always give the crowd what they want at the end of the day. Uh they have great matches, whoever they fight with. I thought, you know. Whoever they're fighting with, they're always going to have great matches. Uh, personally, I think, you know, Lucha Brothers have been on a fucking roll. 
They've been on a uh, roll, but I'm over here going through this 10 list. I think Orton and Riddle should have been at least a few spots higher. Well, because they're the uh, they were the unlikely duo that ended up really working well. Because when Orton actually cares about working with a talent, he actually does good. Uh, but I mean, definitely, I didn't see anything that they did. But at the end of the day, having great matches, not so much, but they had great chemistry. Uh, Orton and Riddle have great, amazing chemistry. And whenever they're talking and doing shtick, whatever it is, they're good at it. Yeah. Unfortunately, in WWE, you're not going to see a lot of great tag teams because, unfortunately, they're very formulaic and not having a lot of great bouts. Unless you count 2020 during the pandemic when they only had so many wrestlers and they let all the wrestlers they fired have great matches during 2020 and gave this because they're the only ones that showed up to work. And uh, when remember, like, you know, had all these uh, great Spanish wrestlers main event in Raw and SmackDown week after week on, on during the pandemic, right? having great stuff, telling great stories, doing great, amazing things. And then when the regular wrestlers came back, they got shitted on and fired. So it's <laughs> like, that's my problem. It's like, you know, I think Randy and, and, and Riddle could definitely be highest spots because of their storytelling and how they have good chemistry. Best on interviews <clears throat> on the top five, you have MJF, Eddie Kingston, CM Punk, John Moxley, and Dan Lambert. Uh, any of you agree or disagree with with this 10? I think this one I could agree with. I have no problem with that list because say what you want about Dan Lambert. He knows how to get the heat, man. He's really, it's amazing how actually not in, he's annoying, but in the right way, he's really not bad. Like it's amazing how much he's done. And I know he was in impact, right? For a bit. I never saw any of his stuff in impact. Unfortunately, I've only seen what he's doing now. I've heard of him. I never saw him because I think I stopped watching TNA uh, impact back when he was there. So. Promotion of the year. All Elite Wrestling wins again, second year in a row. Uh, AEW, Stardom, New Japan Pro Wrestling, GCW, UFC uh, for the top five. First off, uh, I think I'm going to put GCW a few spots behind and put put Impact Wrestling in place of it. You know, my thing is, I, I would... Speaking of which, did you watch that GCW pay-per-view? Because that was one of the worst produced and awful shows I've watched in a long time. Oh, Absolutely did watch it. I had a uh, Billy download it so I could watch it and it was fucking terrible. And yes. terrible because it's like the only talent that actually tried were like like Ruby Soho, I thought did a really nice, decent regular match. I thought Thunder Rosa should have won that whole debacle of a pre-show. Uh that pre-show was shit. And she was the only good talent on that. Uh but I get why she didn't win because you have to let one of their talent win, whatever. Um but, like, you know, the talents that actually showed up to give any healthy decent match, the worst match was fucking the overly booked Matt Cardona match. Oh, don't get me started on that. that it was a cluster. Me and, me and JD so, uh, ripped on that, man. I don't want to talk about it, but I want to just say, like, it was not good. So much not good that when the main event happened, right? It, the time was cut. This was this is exactly what I've said for a long time. This is what happens when you have too many wrestlers trying to get their shit in and not realize, hey, we're on pay-per-view and we have a time limit. Well, that's the problem. Like, You could have cut about 35 minutes out of the Matt Cardona-Joey Janela match. It would have still been... An, actually, if you would have just cut it down, it would have been an okay match. But they put so much into it. Did we need Virgil to show up? No, we did not. All you needed was um, Brian Myers to come, right? If you're going to have in, uh, interference, 
Brian Myers come in. Well, we know they're best friends, right? We get it. They're the edge heads. We get all that. That's great. You want to do it for the Hammerstein Ballroom. That should have been the only spot when he had the, he, do you remember how he dressed up like Edge and speared uh, Joey Janela and all that? That would be fine. You know, that would harken back to ECW's one night stand and with RVD and, you know, John Cena and Edge. That's fine. Cool. Whatever. You're going to, whatever you want to steal, steal that part. But everything else that led up to it had no reason. The horn swoggle spot, the Vince McMahon spot, that really heavy set dude. I have no idea who that dude is. Uh, there was no explanation who the fat guy was. He was just there. Then the main event happens, and you got the you got the um, what are they called the Briscoes, and then you got some dude did not the, the announcers did a terrible job explaining to the fans who may not know who that big dude was coming. Because we're going to know who Nick Gage is. You don't have to explain Nick Gage to even casuals. Uh, but you did have to explain who the first guy was because the fans were losing their shit for the first guy. And it was like, if you don't know who he is, you're lost, right? And I was, I was also laughing during the main event because the New York State Athletic Commission told these guys, hey, none of that shit you do everywhere else is not happening here, buddy. So if Nick you have Gage a crappy even- main event, that's on you. Nick Cage, Nick Gage didn't even bleed. The match when the match ended, it was like, wait, Nick Gage didn't even bleed? No, because blading is banned in New York City. Oh shit! But it was just terrible. It was a, uh, it was very bad. But I will give them credit. They took their Nick Gage did their had that you know that documentary, uh, Dark Side of the Ring and all that. It, <sighs> it helped that company. They rode that successful wave, right? Because let's be real. That company would never have had a pay per view before. Nope. If it wasn't for all that, if it wasn't for Nick Gage, that company would never have gotten a pay per view. Let's be real. So, best TV show of uh, top five AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, New Japan Pro Wrestling, SmackDown, and Impact Wrestling. Any agree or disagree with the Here's whole time? Impact is fine. I just, uh, Impact to me is very, um, Impact to these days is a choir taste. It's not terrible. There's decent guys working there, but it's a bit team. It doesn't feel like TNA, you know? I know. It doesn't have that impact feel. Like, you know, Impact had that feeling. They had a movement too. And then, like, they've lost that movement. They lost that. I guess they lost their their diehards. Like, I don't know. Like, you know? Uh, but yeah, I think it's a fine list, whatever, you know? I mean, SmackDown, obviously, because Roman Reigns is on it. That's why. It's on that list because Roman pretty much was the whole year of SmackDown. We have pro wrestling match of the year <clears throat> for the top five. The Young Bucks versus Pentagon and Phoenix from All Out. Will Ospreay versus Shino Tagi. I believe this was, um, I think it was Dominion or the show that happened before it. Kenny uh-huh. Omega versus Brian Danielson in New York. Brian Danielson versus Adam Page. And <clears throat> Yutami Ha, damn, I can't pronounce that name. <laughs> Versus Siri, you know how I'm trying to speak because um, yeah. I've heard of this one for a long time. Any you agree or disagree with? I would have swapped um, th- that tag team cage match with Omega versus Brian. Yeah, I mean, the, but you know what? Why that match matters is because the uh, Lucha the Lucha Brothers winning, right? It's a it's a big moment for them. You wanted the Lucha Brothers winning. That was a big deal. I'm skipping all of the MVP awards because they don't really matter. <laughs> skipping all of these, except <laughs> except the women's uh, wrestling MVP. 
Uh, Yatami, Britt Baker, Siri, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, top five. And do you agree or disagree with on the top 10? Because I would have put Bianca a little higher. Yeah, I wouldn't put Bianca at least number three. Yeah, at least number three. But at the end of the day, like, she didn't Despite her anything. being screwed at SummerSlam, she still had a right. very strong year yeah, before build, and after that. that. Yeah, leading up to it and the build up, but the build up took a bit to after she had to build back her momentum after that. It yes. took a little, bit, you know, but yeah, she's she's very talented. I heard she, uh, her and Dewdrop had a had the heard they had yeah they had an awesome match on Raw. I've, I've watched it; it was awesome. I'll have to uh, go on YouTube try to find it because uh, I heard they had they stole the show for the night. Like they won the best matches. Because it really wasn't magic. Best box office draw. And for the first time, Dave Meltzer was the one who selected the winner. And this one I'm going to call bullshit on. And there's only five on this award. Sam Punk, John Cena, Kenny Omega, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. I get it. Punk was uh, there. He brought in a lot of viewers. And people bought those tickets to his first show back in seven years with the assumption that Punk was there, knowing that he wasn't promoted. I get that. But John Cena, Punk over John Cena in 2021, when Cena sold out a lot of freaking movie tickets and made SummerSlam one of their most purchased shows in the last 10 years, I, I ain't buying that shit. John Cena wrestled in, in SummerSlam? Yeah, he did. Wrestled with Robert Reigns. Who won? Robert Reigns. Didn't oh. matter, though, because he was part of that reason, that whole draw. Along with the fact that he had his movies coming out, you can mean tell well, me that Peacemaker, Peacemaker alone is just fucking worth it's worth everything. Yeah, Peacemaker and the um, Suicide Squad. You mean yeah, tell me that John Cena was less of a draw in, outside of the WWE and inside WWE? The Punk was the AEW. Fuck out of here. Well, my thing is, um, I think the difference is John Cena did only a couple of spots and then he was gone again. I don't think John Cena needs to ever go back to fucking wrestling ever again. He uh, has so much momentum going from right now. He better not ever show up in wrestling again. It's not worth it for him. It's not worth like I don't like Batista's not going back. I don't think John Cena needs to go back because you know what? He's done everything in wrestling he needs to do. There's nothing for him left to do, like at all. And also Fast and Furious as well. You mean I mean all those movies? Are- that drew much better than Punk's appearance on AEW doesn't mean shit to Dave Meltzer. That tells you how much in his fucking bubble Dave Meltzer is. I I don't get what the the, the nomination means at the box office draw. Like obviously you can't compare uh, a movie star that had a hit movie, hit TV show to wrestling because it will never compare. Like let's be real. But end the story. Like John Cena outside of wrestling is the biggest is yo, if John Cena would have showed up at Royal Rumble as Peacemaker, people the rebuy rates for Rumble would have went up one hundred percent. But like I said, he don't need to fucking wrestle anymore. He's done. Feud of the year. Kenny Omega versus Adam Page, Yutami versus Siri. I think I think this feud happened in stardom. I believe it did. MJF versus Chris Jericho, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Pryor, and CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. And do you agree or disagree with this whole 10? I don't know why we have UFC on any of this fucking shit. I don't give a fuck about UFC. Dave Meltzer puts um, wrestling at mixed martial arts in these awards. I know fucking with that shit. It has nothing to do with it. 
but it, Conor McGregor is as fake as anything else. So sure, uh, I think um, the Kenny Omega Adam Page feud is probably one of the longest build-up feuds in modern wrestling history. Let's be real; it started right from the start of the company and slow build-up when it became technical. The storyline has been consistently built up. They've never yes. let you forgotten about it. That's great long-term storytelling. That doesn't happen much anymore in any wrestling company. Uh, I would have wished to see the edge and stuff Rollins on, the, on here. But I don't see it as, it wasn't, I mean, it was a good couple of months, but it wasn't a long draw. And then I guess you go, if you go Eddie Kingston and CM Punk, it, it's not really a long uh, uh, feud either. Uh, but it comes from a past feud history. And what makes it so good was Eddie's explanation, how Eddie gives 100% when he speaks. Like, you didn't need to know anything about, know about CM Punk and Eddie Kingston back in the day. Eddie told you. Like, he told you in such a way, you know? Uh, I felt like Edge will have great matches. Edge is a great wrestler, but yeah. Let's see here. Most improved: Tay Conti, Dante Martin, Saya Kamitani, Jeff Cobb, and Jungle Boy. On the top uh, five, Jeff Cobb I haven't seen in a while, so um, I don't I don't know how he's improved. Yeah, you know, he was. I, I would have. I, if it was me, I would have put Jungle Boy above all of them. Well, yeah, as a, as a star, hundred percent. He's even speaking finally on the mic. He's finally getting a little bit more um, comfortable talking. I think that's a lot to do. Christian Cage is definitely helping. We can see it. He has a little more charisma with that. Uh, I think Ty Conti has improved 100% uh, because she had that Brazilian judo stuff that she was incorporating. She does some really good stuff, but she's really uh, gotten better. Britt Baker. Don't, don't tell Sammy Guevara that. <laughs> hey, hey, good for them. I think they're great. Oh, God. Uh, let's see. Before we go to Mass Charismatic, what did you going to say about Britt Baker? But Baker uh, in 2021 was already a star. 2020, she was still learning. I think it was Thunder Rosa now having this breakout match to show that she is great, but she showed glimpses of it. She was building up. But yeah, she's improved. I feel that's kind of like she's a, she just needed to show people what she had. Not that she improved. She needed to have that confidence. Yes. Ty is still young and still has a lot of, lot of growth. Uh, just like with Jay Cargill. Jay Cargill now is better than she was a, a months ago when she was with Shaq. 100%. You know, she was green. She's still green, but she's learning. And I know because Brian Danielson's helping her. She's still got a lot to go, but she's not bad. You know, I think there are improvements across the board with a lot of these wrestlers. I don't see why Jeff Cobb would be on the list. How is he not good? I, the last time I saw him, he was good. That was like two years ago. Let's see here. <clears throat> we have most charismatic, and I bet you if CM Punk did not return last year, MJF would have won it. So we have yeah. CM Punk, MJF, Eddie Kingston, Roman Reigns, and Maki Ito. Uh, any of you agree with this? Maki Ito is over. He is charismatic. Maki Ito is fucking phenomenal. Uh, the fact that they have to put CM Punk on this list is like, well, that's like a duh. I feel like these yeah, but Punk wasn't on there. MJF would have won it. MJF should win every fucking yeah. The dude <laughs> is is fucking amazing. Let's see here. The Brian Danielson Award for the Best Technical Wrestler. Um, to give you a little context, they named this award back in 20... I believe it's 2015. 
when they no no 2016 when they announced when brian um had to retire WWE. so Meltzer renamed this award to the brian danielson award and quite enough uh brian danielson came back and won this award because every year before this from 2014 until last year um zach saber jr was winning this award yeah well i mean it's great to see him like do what he's doing i loved how every match he tried to do different finishers to try to do like just great stuff he is i love that i love the fact simple fact that he doesn't even have a shirt he could (laughs) he was i'm not branding myself he's wearing white shirts he's literally wearing white shirts and it just, he's in this, he's the cat, it's him. And it's cool that he got it. Yeah, he's fucking phenomenal. We have the Bruiser Brody Memorial Award for the best brawler. Our top five, John Moxie, Eddie Kingston, Tomohiro Ishii. I'm still, I'm still amazed that he's still in New Japan. Uh, Shinotaki and Minoru Suzuki are the top five. Eddie, you agree or disagree with? I would have put Walter a little higher, in my opinion. I mean... That's a, that's, a, that's a good um, list, though. It's a good list, but I would have put him at least at number five. What the fuck Nick Gage doing on that list? <laughs> I, don't I mean, I guess I guess brawler used loosely. Yeah, I guess he's a brawler. He's a scrapper. I mean, anything else, but whatever. We have uh, Best Flying Wrestler, top five. Ray Phoenix. El Hijo Del Vingue. <clears throat> Damn, I cannot pronounce that. Yeah, right? No, yeah. I've seen that, dude. I've seen a lot of highlights of that guy. Yeah, he'd be doing that. Dante Martin, Will Ospreay, and Nick Jackson. See, I personally would have put – I would have put Sammy higher on that list. Probably get rid of Nick Jackson, put Sammy higher there. Let's see. I would put Darby, high, Darby Allen a little higher too, but yeah. nowhere um, past Dante Martin. Yeah, no, Dante Martin's fucking – the kid's great. Uh, Darby, on the other hand, he's just more all around. He does a lot. I love – he does a lot. He could do, I, I saw him have a technical match with the Dax Harwood, and I thought they were fucking that was great. Shows that he's capable of actually wrestling more than just you know doing crazy stunts, you know. Let's see here. Most overrated, which is one of my favorite categories every year. Evil, Roman Reigns, almost the Miz, Kenji Muto, top five. In fact, I'll go through the whole list for this one. Charlotte Flair, Cody Rhodes, Jay Cargill, tied with Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, great O'Connor. First off, Evil should have won in 2020 also because the, the moment he got the titles, um, I wasn't buying it for a single bit. And now he's one of the most overpushed guys in New Japan with no fucking personality. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Uh, almost I would have put him down a few more spots down, but I could understand why. Let's see him as being overrated when he's just – you have to be – over to be overrated, don't you? <laughs> no, I think it's more overpushed. I, I, I I'm just joking, but <laughs> I, I almost is just like you know he's. Well, I saw some. I saw. Uh, I was watching the Royal Rumble and fast forward, and uh, my God, he's he makes fucking like elegante like go <laughs> wow. That we're doing that again, right? Charlotte Flair, I would have ranked higher because last year I. I think I was sick of her get, getting the main event spots out all the time. The difference is that, you know, when you do these overrated stuff, uh, you know, we have to put a caveat that we're not saying that some of these wrestlers are bad wrestlers. It's just that, you know, we feel like their position is undeserving. Yes. Not saying they're bad wrestlers. The difference with Jay Cardgill, I feel it's, she's a very good pick and she'll, 
She's going to grate on people. She's a very good character. And she just doesn't have the in-ring yet. Um, no, I she's, still, she's still green, and it's proven every single week, every time she's on TV. I said, it, I said it before that they should never give her the belt that quick. You know what? It's fine, because this is happening in any company. They've always pushed someone a little bit too fast that they have uh, high hopes for. But she's, she's very much, she's very popular, and she's, she actually is over. People, there are people, she has a fan base. And she, you know, my problem is that the last match she had with that, uh, with that AOA girl. Oh, God, don't get me started, you please. I audibly heard uh, the referee tell them the spots because they forgot. And to take it home because they knew the match was getting worse. The girl, AOA was the top rope, and he's like, crossbody, did this to this. You heard the referee say that because they uh, did a spot and they forgot the next spot. And I'm like, oh, see, the problem is put Jade in with Ruby Soho, put Jade in with, with uh, like uh, Jamie Hayda, put Jade in with, put her with wrestlers that can help her, you know? Don't put her in a ring in a match with a uh, a young girl who, who hasn't, she's young, you know? So you can't have an untrained, like a, a green wrestler versus another green wrestler on TV. It's it's it does it, it wasn't gonna work, and but you know what? At least they they got some TV time. They got some TV exposure, which is fine. But oof, she just needs to be in the ring with someone that can help her. That's most underrated top five: Ricochet, Chad Gable, Mustafa Ali, which they will not free him yet. Ricky Starks <laughs> and Riddle. See, I don't think they're underrated. I mean, Riddle is definitely not underrated. That's wrong. Uh, I don't think uh, Chad Gable, as of lately, he's Okay, why in the hell is Cody Rhodes on underrated? (laughs) I'm like, did these voters look at his year last year? Half the fans that don't like him voted that he was overrated. The other fans that do like him voted was underrated. (laughs) But to be fair, Cody was on the overrated top 10 list for the last five years. Yeah. Rookie of the year, which I think is bullshit. Uh, Jay Cargill, Jack Cartwheel, Lady C, Nick Wayne, Yukia Arai. Where the hell is Braun Breaker? He should have been on this list. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He should have been on this list. Best non-wrestler, Paul Heyman, Don Callis, Dan Lambert, Taz, Malcolm Bivens. See, it's weird. Like, best non wrestler. Look, Tony Schiavone got some votes. Ain't that nice? Yes. Uh, Paul Heyman, without a doubt, is always going to give you 100%. Uh, Don Callis, yeah, he was great too. I just, he's not been around for a little bit. Uh, but Dan Lambert, shit, man, that dude, I'm, like I said, I've been impressed. Taz, on the other hand, Taz has, you know, been really much more transitioned, just doing back to the commentary booth. And, yeah. You know, he's taking a back seat on that, which is fine. Uh, his his guys are uh, Ricky Stark doesn't need Taz to talk to us. Ricky Stark can talk. Will Hobbs can talk a bit. You know, you got uh, you got certain guys that are just really they don't need it. You know, Hook doesn't even need to talk. <laughs> Best television announcer: Excalibur, Kevin Kelly, Tony Schiavone, Pat McAfee, Stuart Fulton. And do you agree Stuart with Fult- who's Stuart Fulton? Uh, I believe he's either Ring of Honor or he's um GCW. All of it's GCW. They fucking suck. Let me let me see the hold on. Let me see to be sure. Make sure sure it's not GCW because whoever was on GCW, they were 
just not good at their job. Oh, uh, was mixed it? martial arts, mixed martial arts. Oh, okay, okay. So I don't know. I just, I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, I feel Excalibur. Is, I love him on on the on, as an announcer. I think he's very very good. Like I I knew of him before, and I because I watched a lot of when pro wrestling gorilla matches. I was seeing. I, I was like, who's this? Who's this guy talking? This guy's really good. Yeah, like I didn't realize it was Excalibur doing a lot of stuff, but it was so funny because like then when I saw him get picked up, I'm like all right, I, I know this voice, you know? Hmm. And when you know the voice and you're not annoyed by it, that's a good announcer. Like, and Pat McAfee, you gotta give that dude credit. Like, he's he's all around, like, yes. yeah, he's probably one of the most over, like, announcers in the business because of his cross. Kind of like how uh, the one who uh, had the, uh, who left NXT, left WWE a couple years ago, what's his name? Um, Mario Mala Mala. The overall, just a, such a good uh, uh, announcer. He gets a little. Uh, Marlo got a little wacky sometimes, but he was he get he has like a he has a condition, so he gets super excited. But you know, it, never do I ever feel that he doesn't mean what he's saying. You know, I don't want to hear announcers that don't mean what they say. Speaking and Pat McAfee, <laughs> worst television announcer: Corey Graves, Michael Cole, Matt Stryker, Anna Virk, and Chris Jericho. I think I'm gonna have to put Matt Stryker above. Um, both Corey and Michael, because Matt Stryker was terrible on impact. You know, Matt Stryker, I always thought that he could have been a really good announcer, but he's not. No, you know what I'm saying? It's weird. Like, you always felt like he, he should be better than he is, and he's not. Jericho, you know, Jericho is not, was never a professional announcer, right? He's learning. He's kind of getting into it, bringing a little like color comedy. He's they're not using him all the time. He's there sparingly. He's doing a thing, and you know they don't let him do a one on one. You know that, right? Like because right. he's learning, just like a big show is learning, and they give him the chance on spots to put them in. So I don't really want, I feel wrong to add Jericho as the worst announcer because he's not the lead announcer. I feel like if you're just a color a color commentator. And you're not the lead Kyle commentary, which he's not. It doesn't count. I feel like those guys don't count. Like Michael Cole was the lead. Corey Graves is the lead. Yeah, they're terrible. Matt Stryker, lead, you know. Uh, Jericho isn't hosting the announcing duties. Lead. He's usually fourth. So it's not like he's ever – even Ricky Starks does more. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I, I don't feel that that's right to put him there. Is he good? No. Sorry, go ahead. He gives funny quips. I laugh when he says something funny. And then when he doesn't say something funny, it's cringy. Best major show. uh, AEW All Out, AEW Full Gear, Stardom Queendom, AEW Double or Nothing, and Cyber Fight Festival. What was Cyber Fight Festival? Which which one was that? That was uh, in Japan? Let me take a look real quick, because I've never heard of the show prior to to today. Saitama, Saitama is in, is, in, uh, is Saitama is uh, the city. Oh, right? pro wrestling DDT. Oh, it's DDT. Okay, D- uh, they um, that city is right. Is like is like New Jersey to New York from Tokyo, right? Saitama, yes. Saitama, Saitama is a great city. I, I love it. Um, man, I wish I would have seen a show there. I would have gone to see DDT and fucking Saitama. That was fucking fun. Worst major wrestling show, Survivor Series. Thank God that needed to take the place because that was an awful show. Glad I did not go there. Extreme Rules, WrestleMania Backlash, SummerSlam, and Hell in a Cell. Dude, 
Triple A, Triple Mania need to be higher in that list. I know. <laughs> They're being very nice. Those 35 people that voted for it were the only 35 people that watched it. <laughs> Best Wrestling Maneuver. Um, Adam Page's Buckshot Lariat. Kenny Omega's One Winged Angel. Shane Otaki's Last of the Dragon. Will Ospreay's Stormbreaker. Will Ospreay's Hidden Blade. I think I put the do- the coffin drop a little higher above both of Will Ospreay's bulls. It's weird that they have Darby Allen's tope. It's like everyone does a great tope. There's a lot of guys that do a great tope. See that you know it's suicide dive. It's what it is. But exactly. I think Darby's, Darby's finisher, the coffin drop, is a great move. It's been very well protected for the most part. So yeah. Definitely. Here's another one of my favorites every year. Most disgusting promotional tactic. And for the first time ever, um, the same thing happens again one again this year. Because WWE, before that, WWE won one two years in a row with um, their relationship with Saudi Arabia. So this is the first time that both of the same awards happen consecutively. Firing wrestlers during the pandemic. WWE's continued relationship with Saudi Arabia. WWE using releases and storylines. WWE handling of COVID. Thriller having a Vader Holyfield box. Have you saw that one? I heard about it. I didn't see it. Oh, boy. It was, let's just say, it was like Mike Tyson boxing now going against a 20-year-old and losing. Well, shit happens. Joey Ryan booking himself on a show claiming it was a woman's charity. I think this one should have been at least number two. I mean, I think it was fine where it was because it never actually got to go. I mean, it would have been way worse if the show went ahead. See, these other titles all went ahead. You know what I'm saying? They all did what they were supposed to do. Joey's never got to go off the ground. It almost did. Except it when it when it almost did, it was the same. Um, it was the almost the anniversary of um, the Speak Out movement. Yeah. Dana White running full house shows with no masks. <laughs> Dude, this pissed me off when they um, announced that shit when yeah. UFC was bringing crowds back. Let's see here. WWE false advertising of talent they know won't appear. I feel this- like that right there is needs to be higher because that to me, I mean, they've always used the terminology card subject to change, but when you legitimately know, like, what was it, Sasha Banks wasn't going to be there, and it was a couple of, like, they, they were promoting it so heavy and didn't, like, even, like, even yeah, the, the, summer, day, the like, SummerSlam match, right? Yeah, man, it's like, don't don't do that, you know. That, don't don't. Live Morgan scripted. I mean, sorry, WWE having Live Morgan scripted to say Lynch's contract is why wrestlers were fired. Yeah, that's fucked up. WWE changing NXT to 2.0, and Joe Rogan promoting COVID misinformation, <laughs> which he's still doing. Joe Rogan ain't gonna change who he is. He's, I don't. Hey, he's off Spotify now, isn't he? Oh no, I don't listen to him. So <laughs> let's see here. Where's I hated him? that motherfucker when he hated wrestling. They had the ball that wrestlers on his fucking show. Like, like you have Jake the Snake comes on and cut off fucking, and he's like. Like he's he never he shitted he fucking shits on wrestling every chance. All of a sudden Jake shows up and then the guys showing him Jake matches. They're like, oh, that's pretty crazy. That snake really bit that guy. He's like, motherfucker, fuck you, Rogan. You were, oh, you were a ass who had a fight with fucking uh that's with uh, uh the one uh, another comedian who he said stole his uh routines. 
that was your biggest claim to fame before you got involved with steroids and becoming a fucking UFC guy. Go fuck yourself. I hate him. Worst television show. Uh, Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, Impact Wrestling, 205 Live, and SmackDown. NWA Power and AW Rampage. <laughs> 205 Live was never on TV. It doesn't <laughs> Worst match of the year. Damian Priest versus The Miz at um, Extreme Rules. This was the zombie match. Right. That was terrible. Randy Orton versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss. <clears throat> I believe this is at, I believe this is on Raw. Britt Baker and Rebel versus Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. Oof. See, to me with that, that was not a match like I when I talk I, about I said it last yeah. year that that was AEW's worst um non-gimmick match. Well, you know, it was of the year, good. of the year. It wasn't a good match, but it wasn't like it wasn't on a pay-per-view, right? It was like a TV. It was on TV. Yeah, the, me, the matches here are both pay-per-view and TV. But yeah, you can't compare that fucking shitty zombie match and stuff to like Vicky Grow a non-wrestler doing some shit. Like I, I feel like when you have fully trained wrestlers all together in a match and it's shit, like what Bray Wyatt, what they did to the fiend with Randy and then with Alexa, but that's all just terrible. Yes, all that's just terrible because it just didn't work. Uh the Miz thing was supposed to be a big deal and it was it was it didn't work. But I feel with that that one like five minute match with Vicky Guerrero, I I I it wasn't good. It wasn't enjoyable. But it wasn't like on a caliber of like the stuff that you fucking pay for, you know. Let's see here: Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler, horrible. Saray versus Lash Legend. Becky, do you ever saw that match on NXT? Uh, no. Go watch it. It's the drizzling shits. Uh, Saray, Saray versus Lash Legend. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair at SummerSlam. Charlotte Flair versus Nia Jax. That was the match where they apparently shot at, shot at each other. That whole stuff was just terrible. BFAB versus Electra Lopez. This is the this is BFAB's last match before Vince McMahon and Nick Khan took a look at her and be like, eh, you're gone. And Chris Jericho versus Nick Gage. Man, I feel like that doesn't belong there. But I gotta just gotta understand though that match is not for everyone. Yeah, it has nothing to do with being worst match of the year. It was not a worst match of the year. No one was injured. No one got hurt. Just because the match wasn't for everyone's taste doesn't mean it was executed on. As a matter of fact, I complimented how Nick Gage actually wrestled on that match because I didn't think he was capable of wrestling a wrestling match. You know what I'm saying? He didn't injure Jericho. All the spots were relatively safe, except ooh, the little gory parts. The biggest part about it that was the biggest misstep was that someone told Pizza Hut or Domino's about it. Other than that, it wasn't doesn't doesn't belong on there because no one was injured, no one looked bad. There was no misstep just because the match wasn't someone's liking has little to do with being a bad match. There's, there's I mean, worse. you gotta you gotta understand from a casual perspective, man. Not only that casual, match was not. I know you can say I, I know you can say fuck the casual perspective, but you gotta look at it from a you gotta look at it from a broader um appeal. It does not appeal to every single one. Not everyone's going to like deathmatch wrestling. I, no, I don't like most deathmatch wrestling. I, I think we've spoken at great length how much there can be a good deathmatch. But when you have a whole pay-per-view of death matches, it just becomes nothing. You become, it doesn't matter, right? But like, I feel that 
that has nothing to do with people who vote. People who are voting in Dave Meltzer's voting system watch everything. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And finally, to top this off, worst feud of the year. Randy Orton versus The Fiend. Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. Cody Rhodes versus Cynthia Gogo. Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Matt Hardy versus Orange Cassidy. Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie. House of Torture versus Chaos. I didn't watch any of that from New Japan, did you? I, I saw highlights. I didn't see everything. Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose and Inner Circle versus American Top Team. Yeah, that did not. The America Top Team versus Inner Circle uh, was not. No, that should have never happened. Never. It, it was just, you know, it, it didn't work. Uh, it was, They tried. It didn't work. Uh, Ugh. I feel like Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch don't belong in this list because their storyline feud is still going on. Uh, it's not. It's not over yet. So I would say that shouldn't count if if it had ended. This is a long storyline feud between the two, which is very rare for WWE. They're building this up. You know, this is going to be a WrestleMania type of thing. You know, this is going to go. So I feel that it. Yes, the thing at SummerSlam was fucking the drizzling shits. But this is a longer story arc. Speaking of longer story arc, before we go, um, a new wrestling promotion is coming up. Uh, do you want to know the okay. name of it? I have no idea. What, what's it called? <laughs> it's called Control Your Narrative. But by, the, created by the, EC3 and Braun Strowman. But wait, hold on. Where's the, where's the W part for wrestling? Because there's, there's, no, there's no wrestling in that title. Oh, that's right. There is no wrestling. So what is this supposed to be? I don't know. Is it a talk show? It might be a new podcast. <laughs> might be a podcast promotion. They get in the ring and they just talk about their feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Depends what their feelings are, man. So the, now this promotion is coming out. I told you, be, well, highlighted. <laughs> He's over here. He over here doesn't want to hear this promotion either. I don't blame him. I don't want to hear this promotion either unless he's, some shit goes he's down. Like, he's, like, he's like, Dad, what goes in my diaper is better promotion than that promotion. <laughs> <laughs> so I've um, I've tried to do some digging on who would be there. And I talked to you earlier. Let's uh, yeah, yeah. And I told myself <laughs> and I told you, hey, let's draft the roster. I think this is a genius idea. Who's available from GCW? <laughs> <laughs> I do have to ask you one question because I am forgetting something. I am forgetting something. So let's. Do you remember who invaded the Ring of Honor from the from EC3 and Braun Strowman? Who were the guys with EC3 and Braun Strowman in Ring of Honor at that the last pay per view? I can't remember. It's all their control your narrative guys. That's all I do remember. Do we? Do who do you know who those guys were? I couldn't. No, I did not. Uh, let's go draft the roster. We have um, about $3 million in the pool. So tell me who you're going to draft first and how much you're going to spend. We have $3 million. So I went to Braun Strowman, so there's no more money. <laughs> so, uh... Okay, so no, you'll, you'll have the role of EC3, and I'll have the role of Braun Strowman. All right. So um, I'll be thinking who's available. I feel, because the title is Control Your Narrative, one hundred percent. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You can go two. I'm going two, and I'm going. These are the only two I'm thinking of right now. I'm going to say them both. It's gonna be Leo Rush and and and, and Big Swall. Go. <laughs> I don't think Leo Rush is going to stand this guy for my next pick because um, 
for about twenty thousand. No, not twenty thousand. For about two hundred thousand dollars, I am drafting Mark Callaway. Wow, I mean, at least with my pick, they were like affordable. I think they. Hey, remember, Under Undertaker's getting into the Hall of Fame, not Mark Callaway. Right, right. He, uh, what, <laughs> what's Cal, what's Callaway's Mark doing in the Impact Zone? In the control your narrative zone. Um, maybe he could ask his cop. He, um, maybe Mark could ask his cop friends if you know what I mean. Oof. You got you got another pick because I picked two. Yeah. All right, so Mark Calloway and Tessa Blanchard are my first two picks. Mm. Okay, my third pick is a. This is a not an actual wrestler, but it's going to be the general manager. And oh, who is be, that? It's going to be Wyndham Rotunda. Really. It's going to be Braun Strowman because he's really good friends with Braun Strowman is really good friends with Bray Wyatt. Wyndham is going to be the general manager, but he's only going to be in the ring one time, and the rest is going to be video packages because he's going to be busy doing other shit. Um, would you really think so? Because what story would Wyndham would have to tell based on the talent that could come here? I mean, I just I just singled out I just singled out Mark Calloway. What what kind of shit Wyndham could say that could compare to that? When is not going to add nothing. <laughs> He's not going to add anything. They're all going to need to talk about how badly uh, they will not allow, you know, some kind of treehouse of horror match or whatever the fuck you want to call it. There'll be some weird shit, and then he leaves, and then he'll just like book matches, like fucking like how. Uh, who was WWF's? Oh, the fake uh, general manager. Oh my god. No, the anonymous general manager. No, 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 no. Back in the the eighties and nineties. There was the guy, Jack Tunney. Jack Tunney. That's what Wyndham is going to be. Jack Tunney. He's going to be on video packages, sitting behind a desk. He's never going to be in person. (laughs) Well, my next pick, which will be the head referee over there, who has been also in quite some meetings down there in Florida, Drake Warritz. Is that the uh, the COVID guy? Yeah, it's that guy. (laughs) Yeah, he can control his own narrative. That makes sense. Perfect. (laughs) And uh, I will say this lovingly as a joke. This is all a joke, mm. but I think you know Nicholas will be on vacation in the spring for a spring uh, spring break because he's still in school. Braun Strowman is going to bring his old tag team partner. Nicholas is going to come in. Really? If you bring Nicholas in, Nicholas is now I think in high school, and uh, on spring break he's going to come in for about a week from a lot of vignettes, and then go back to school. My next pick, which they already announced, but I'll still do it. Austin Aries. Oh shit! Okay. Austin Man. Aries, brother, he's gonna have he's a someone... lot. To, he's gonna have a lot to say about this pandemic. You know what? I think that he's gonna be the only one that's gonna actually fucking write the fucking. He's gonna be the only one actually have to book the show. Just no one <laughs> book that show. Uh, who's next for you? Next. Will be. You said Tessa Blanchard, right? I was, I was going to say that, but that's going. Uh, the Briscoes. The Briscoes. <laughs> but the stipulation Christ. is they're going to help control the narrative, and they're going to buy them new teeth. That's part of the deal. They're going to get new teeth in the deal. So they think they have two teeth between the two of them. The well, the budget budget is going to go to the the the, the, the dentist bill. 
while if they get the new team, uh, Braun Strowman is going to have to tell them that they have to join. Well, not Braun Strowman, but Drake uh, Rhetoric is going to tell them that they got to join the anti masking um, rally. Oof. <laughs> <That's terrible. laughs> Control that narrative, brother. <laughs> uh, so it's my turn, is it? Yeah, you get it. All right, so we're gonna have the second female signed over there. It's gonna be Nia Jax. Why? Because reasons. I uh, I will also state that we're going to have to bring in another woman to win these matches because you need a talented wrestler because Tessa Blanchard's not talented. Nia Jax is not important. I, I'm i drafting Brandy Rhodes. She's going Whoa. to win the whole division because WWE's not hiring her anyway, so we can take her. We got her. She's free. I don't think Brandy Rhodes is going to like anything Mark Calloway says about George Floyd. Doesn't matter. She's going to spear him and pin him in cleanly in the ring. Remember, everyone, I'm talking about Mark Calloway. I'm not talking about The Undertaker. <laughs> Two different people, people. So you said uh, you're going to bring in Brandy Rhodes. My yes. next pick is going to be Marty Squirrel. Marty Squirrel, beautiful pick. Uh, but he's not allowed <laughs> to have umbrellas. But he gets to control his narrative to say why. Right. He just gets no more umbrellas, but he can tell why he can't have umbrellas anymore. That's. That there's no just like there's no budget for guitars. There's no budget for there's no budget for umbrellas. Maybe he could explain why he was at these um Christmas parties in 2020 before the vaccine came out. Absolutely, and I feel that uh, because you're bringing such heavy hitters as Austin Aries and Marty Skrull, I need to level the playing field. My next pick is Jeff Jarrett. The- <laughs> oh boy, he's coming in at Undertaker. He's the dead Jarrett. I'm, that's his new name. Dead Jerry. He's gonna come all in black, and he's going to not allowed to have guitars anymore because we can't afford it. The last ones he got, he gave it to GCW show, and he's going to uh, he's going to politely ask people to lay down for him, and that's how he's gonna win the match. <clears throat> Side note: I did like Jared's entrance on that GCW show. Yeah, it was cool. Hey, you know he say what you want about Jeff Jarrett, but he's he's a very competent wrestler. My next pick, uh, that's good that you picked Jeff Jarrett. Uh, my next pick, I'm thinking right out of the box because I'm going through all the names that's been shitty in the last few years. James Ellsworth. He's going to control his narrative, and his tag team partner is going to be... No, not my son, Landon. <laughs> his tag team partner is going to be Jack Gallagher. Oh, wow. He's, he still works. He works, he's working somewhere. Him, Jack Gallagher, and Jimmy Jacobs. Not, well, there you go. They gotta, gotta, gotta get some jobs. Um, <laughs> that's a good good mid, mid to upper level mid card uh, roster. I feel that now I have to now bring in Simon Gotch and Enzo. Oh, boy. <laughs> it could be a tag team. What do you mean they're going to be a tag team? These two hate each other. That's what's great. You control your narrative. You pick two people, hate each other, and their hate will not will help build great storylines down the road. It's like the famous thing WWE likes to do: can 
they coexist? WWE's number one storyline is can they coexist? We will take that and steal that narrative. Can they coexist? And the answer is no. But the better question is how many matches in before Enzo injures himself? That's all I'm going to say. Well, fresh out of his AEW contract, Brian Cage. And I think him and that Drake guy will be best friends. Wait, did Brian Cage really get out of his contract for real? No, no, he did it. He did it. Oh, you're just, you're just fucking around. Okay. Yes. Uh, uh, Brian Cage. I know Brian Cage. Very nice guy. He can control his narrative, but he can't talk on the mic. <laughs> it's true. He's not good on the mic. He's, but know, he could what? give us. He could get completely give a stance on the um, steroids or which side he's on. Very funny about this is that. What the fuck is a Swolverine? What the, <laughs> what the fuck is a Swolverine? It sounds like gout. Uh, sorry, bro. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, bro. You're cool and everything, but seriously, what the fuck is a Swolverine? It's so stupid. Who's your All next right. pick, Rob? Uh, you said you bring in Jimmy Jacobs, right? Yes. Okay, this might be a little controversial of a pick, but I feel you need a little more hardcore in this division. Oh, hardcore. And, uh, Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> <laughs> he can control his narrative and uh, he, he will uh, be on his best behavior. I he think he's working be. at Staples right now. I think he's working at Staples, so I think he's available. <laughs> of course he's yeah. available. He's at Staples. Yeah, he's, I mean, you know, it's easy. You have to hit the easy button. Now, that's a good pick right there. But I'm gonna have to t- I'm gonna have to top that one because control your narrative means you got to be part of all the other shit that everyone's against, and that includes the vaccine status. So, Killer Cross and his girlfriend, Scarlett, Scarlett Brodeur. Yeah, honestly, that that that's a good. I think that's a pickup. Right. Uh, <laughs> the baby's like these picks. So, yeah. No, nah, he's he's over up. here like he doesn't want to hear any of these COVID deniers. I don't blame him. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna pick and we'll let it go because you need some daddy attention right now. No uh, worries. My final pick because I want. I feel like you're saying backstage stuff, so we kind of need an a uh, a uh, a good mic guy. We need someone uh, a decent manager. You need someone who can keep these guys in control and help tell better stories and I feel the pick I'm giving you is probably the best person for the job and it's going to be Jim Cornette oh Jim Cornette you know I know people don't like him but if a promotion gets him that would be fucking cool my thing is Jim Cornette to me really really has his what he he likes what he right yeah it's his his historical knowledge and his like his meticulous writing and keeping history is fantastic. He's a great historian, <laughs> but My- sometimes I feel like he's a little outdated. But you know, hey, control your narrative. Maybe. He can <laughs> and my final pick, um, coming back from the dead, the ultimate warrior. It's going to get all the budget of my freaking spending. To control his, to control his narrative on today's world, dude. 
the fucking money would need to be spent just to resurrect his dead ass. <laughs> so that's the roster of Katoya narrative, everyone. We did it for the promotion. They did not need to go out seeking uh, spending money on these people. We did it for them. Got it. I mean, between the Swolverine and Mark Calloway and Jim Cornette, this sounds like a show I think I might want to watch on TV. Hey, it might be better than next year's WrestleMania, man. Let's uh, also it, let's also see if they'll have mask mandates in the crowd. I personally think that you know uh, we should have one surprise because uh, you need that big jump. Remember, AEW has guys coming in. WWE's bringing Cody back. You know, Control the Narrative needs that big surprise. As big of a surprise, Ultimate Warrior would be coming back from the dead. There's one talent that's bigger than all of that. Who is Bubba Ray Dudley? <laughs> Bubba Dumb Ray Dudley coming in as not the bully, but the anti bully. It's a new gimmick. It's a new gimmick. He's the anti bully. Oh boy. This promotion is going to be something else when they start having shows, man. And I'm going to look at the crowd to see how many has masks and how many doesn't. But thank you, Rob, for coming on the show. We'll be right back next week, everyone. It's time for me to go. And again, thank you, Rob, for coming back on the show. Yeah, it's great to be back. It's fun. I've been talking so much shit about wrestling for the last month. I said, I can't wait to get back on the show and talk shit. Like, for real. <laughs> exactly. Later, brother. Later, man. Have fun with the